0: Well, honestly, when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about the past, about the future. Welcome back to Dry and welcome back, football. Oh my God, welcome back. Uh, they didn't know you would be back today. Yes, it's here. It's football. I can't believe it. We actually saw a game, a real game without preseason. That's kind of different. It's almost like college football. Yes, Kansas City versus the Houston Texans. And by the way, yes, I am now making a full commitment. I will do daily episodes starting next week. It's kind of weird pre the... But anyway, starting right now... Uh, Guess what, man? This is crazy. It was an interesting game. I wouldn't say great game. I would say interesting game. And uh, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about Kansas City and Houston. We're going to talk about the contracts, all the contracts. There was like 10 contracts that were given out in the last couple of weeks to star players. It was like all of a sudden, because there was no extensions done throughout most of the offseason, everybody's doing their extensions right now now so you know what since we're all doing extensions we'll talk a little bit about the extensions and then uh then we'll touch on uh some fantasy football just talk about a little bit about the waiver wire if you will a little bit at the end uh just some guys you might want to keep an eye on maybe pick up in your league so right off the bat Kansas City first Houston it was here it was great well it was okay It was weird, right? Like, so, uh, first off, Houston did get a a touchdown early on, and they looked like they were at least going to be competent, and then it kind of looked like they kind of fell apart a little bit. Uh, They did a lot of checking down and a lot of, uh, you know, for a bit, I kind of liked what they were doing. Like, it was, because they had all the speed, so, like, it looked like Kansas City was letting them take what they can get. Uh, David Johnson looked pretty good. Uh, it looked really cool when they had David Johnson and Duke Johnson in there for a little bit. Like, in, it almost looked like they were, it was like a tail of two play callers for the Texans. Right in the beginning, they were moving the ball downfield, playing a little bit of ball control, utilizing you know David Johnson's running, which like I said, he looked really good. Like healthy David Johnson's good. It's just how long is he going to stay healthy? Um, and, and they even did get du- uh, Duke Johnson in there a bit. Will Fuller was kind of the the main receiver for them. Uh, Brandon Cooks had some role in there too, Uh, but it was really Fuller was the main guy. Uh, A little bit of Akins helped. uh, Akins helped get one big uh, one big move down there. Uh, He he was actually like I kept on hearing things from Texans fan like oh he's great run after the catch guy. I actually believe it now that I saw that like that bit. I got to watch more Jordan Akins. Still, like, I watch a lot of tape, but still, I, I it's kind of hard with, you know, fantasy-wise, wouldn't rely on that on him, but if, if Darren Fells ever left the league, you know, I could see a future where Jordan Aikens might be a little bit of a fantasy star if, you know, became a, like a target for Deshaun Watson. Uh, but it was weird because they kind of fell off towards the second quarter. They just weren't moving it anymore. Um... In the second half, my God, the offense just almost, like, it was stagnant. Now, they did get a couple of, you know, they did actually manage to get uh, a couple of more touchdowns uh, to catch up with the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs, I mean, it was the debut of Clyde edwards Uh the the first-round pick everybody's talking about. I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If you, if you watch this podcast, you know I was a huge fan of him. He was high on my rookie, you know, on my... Uh, Basically, when he uh, was high in my draft ranks, like, he, I use one of my favorite players, and all of a sudden, he gets drafted by uh, Andy Reid. So, I listen, I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but there was clearly an issue here when it came to— uh, So, first of all, let's go back to the their offensive—Kansas City's offensive line looked almost better than it did last year. Texans' offensive line did not look all that great. Uh, particularly Titus Howard did not look like he knew... Like, he looked like he was, like, micro-dosing a little bit. Like, he just kind of went out there, and he was still a little bit on shrooms. And it was just, like, there were moments where, like, either it would be Chris Jones or it would be Frank Clark, and they would just get on him and get past him. So, like, Frank Clark just w- walked by him. It, he didn't run. He walked. Like, he trotted. Titus was like, oh, shoot, I was supposed to stop that guy. So, yeah, like, the... Right tackle has to play better for the, the Texans. Uh as far as the, the uh as far as the tackles go for the Chiefs, there was a somebody who got actually managed to get by, I don't remember who it was, I think it was actually a linebacker who they the linebacker the Texans got in the Javian clowney trade. He ended up uh he he ended up getting a little bit of Mitchell Schwartz and uh getting by and getting uh a sack on uh Patrick Mahomes. I, I was you know there was some decent play on both ends. Uh, there was also some like you know hiccups, but uh, overall not a lot of penalties. A lot of the penalties came. I, I think almost all the penalties came on the uh, the Texans side of the ball. Uh, and this makes sense because a lot you know there's still a lot of moving pieces to the Texans, right? Uh, you know new receivers in that receiving core. Uh, the offensive line is okay. Like you know Tunsil's good, but like you know there were moments even tonight where Tunsil did not look so good. Um, Titus Howard, man, he looks like he was asleep for quite a bit of it, was not trying very hard. I did think David Johnson tried really hard. I liked Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I will say this about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. First off, they threw him one pass, and dude, he took a beating tonight. He took a massive, like, walloping sometimes, and it was almost a little like, wow, man, this guy's going to get knocked out before it's too late uh it, it remind there were like hints of the Kareem hunt time in in uh, Kansas City if you will that I was just like okay cool very good. he does not have the leg drive of Kareem hunt not like the same way anyway. very good contact balance very good player uh much quicker than Kareem Hunt. Uh, and the reason why I'm going to mention Kareem Hunt is one because he's the former Kansas City Chief uh, running back who debuted on a on a the fur on the the start of the NFL, and he also just got a contract extension from the Browns, Uh relatively cheap deal, two year extension, uh, 13 million, so a little over 13 million, so basically they're paying six and a half million dollars a year. After this year to keep Kareem Hunt, I mean that's cheap. Like when you look at the running backs in the NFL and what the high end guys are getting, man, that's a that's a good deal. So we'll touch more on the contracts in a little bit. Uh, Alaire looked really good, except for when it came to like short yardage situations, at least in the way that they were utilizing him. And they didn't really utilize him in the pass game, which I was a little shocked by. Like, this was what he did really well. Now, part of it was, listen, Kansas City got up really high at one point. Like, they were they were leading this game pretty much from, like, the second quarter on, and they were, like, doing it comfortably. So, at, at some point, they were just like, why are we going to take all the cards and show everybody what we can do with this kid, right? Um, but my one issue was, like, in the short yardage situations, now keep in mind, I, and I get Texans don't have DJ Reader anymore, but they do, they are a pretty solid defensive line. Um, so when it came to short yard situations, he had a harder time. Uh, when it was between the twenties, or even from you know when it was starting from you know when they were backed up to their own ten all the way up to when they got to the 20-yard line. He was very good at getting space and moving, but when it came to, like, short-yard situations, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was not performing very well. Uh, sometimes it was also penetration, just guys got through. You know you know they're running the ball, and, you know, like, Kalecho Semile, man, he actually showed up pretty well. Like, uh, you know, it, it, it was weird that he went to the Jets last year because it, he didn't seem to fit what they were doing on the Jets. He fits more of what uh, Kansas City does. So... I, I, it was a fun game, right? Uh, a little bit back to the gameplay a little bit. Sammy Watkins made an appearance for a few uh, minutes. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill looked like he was going to be quiet the whole night. And then, like, you know, Pat Mahomes was like, ah, I got to get my boy Tyreek Hill involved. Uh, Travis Kelsey showed up. Uh, like I said, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Daryl Williams played uh, quite a bit, so it wasn't like he was totally out of this game either. Uh the Texans, like I said before, uh, Fuller was kind of leading the backfield, uh, leading the receiving core. We saw Cooks, we saw we didn't see Stills and Cobb until like the late, late time of this of uh, this game. Uh, there were hints in the beginning that they were going to utilize a lot more motion and a lot more like a lot more interesting things and screen passes. Like the first, the play calling for like the first quarter and a half was really good for the Texans. I actually liked it a lot. Um, Maybe a bit dink and dunky for some people's uh, beliefs, but you know what? When you have that much speed, being able to also just start tearing up the middle of the field, getting David Johnson some work, doing some screen passes, getting some real movement on the offensive side of the ball, I got to say I you know I didn't mind what they were doing in the beginning and then they kind of went away from it right they only played one of the two running backs at a time they took out a lot of the motion like I think they were starting to go like oh we can't have too much motion uh, there was a and then like then they like kind of went away from doing any kind of screen pass or anything like that for almost the whole I don't know second quarter and into the third quarter and then there was like one screen pass that just went like 15 yards and I'm like well yeah like th- this was working for you so, maybe they learned to get their guys into space more. I liked what I saw from David Johnson. I like, you know, it was a fun game. It, football's back, everybody. I had fun. I hope everybody else had fun with it. Uh, so, let's talk a little bit about the contracts. Right. Oh, by the way, if you don't know Kansas City 1, spoiler alert. I don't know if you do spoiler alerts in football. But, regardless, Kansas City 1... Um, Speaking of Kansas City, uh, well, there weren't really any big contracts with Kansas City this week, right? They, we, we talked about all their big contract guys. Uh, their their division rival, the, the Los Angeles Chargers, extended Keenan Allen. Uh, kind of a weird situation because I don't know if I'd really want, if I'm Keenan Allen, to stay in L.A. I guess if you know you're getting your money and you're getting an extension right now kind of makes sense. Tredavious White got an extension. Cam Hayward got an extension. He's the defensive lineman on the Steelers. Tredavious White is the cornerback on the Bills. Uh, I mentioned Kareem Hunt, but the big ones I think that were important, right? I mean, like, l- we'll talk a little bit about, like, Hopkins got an extension, right? I talked about that actually on Brenda Facemure's, uh show. Uh, if you're uh, tuned into that on Thursday nights at six o'clock, I'm on that weekly uh, Zach Cunningham, the linebacker on the Texans, he got an extension. Uh, Buda Baker on the Arizona Cardinals got an extension. Uh, but the two big ones I think that are important, and because they show a change in leverage for the player, was uh, Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins got massive m- amounts of money. Like, where, because you traded – pick. Uh, really more Jalen Ramsey. I, Hopkins got an extension – and when you really look at the extension, it wasn't that much. But, like, dude, Ramsey got legit Like, He is the highest-paid corner in the NFL right now. Uh, part of that extension, I really do think, is you traded two first-round picks. It's like the Laramie Tunsell thing. You have to sign this guy to an extension now. You have to make it look like it's good. So uh, Hopkins, you haven't even seen him play it down. They gave him a two-year extension. They gave him uh, more money. Uh, We hadn't talked about Deshaun Watson's extension. He's getting about $40 million a year now, so he's going to be the second-highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Again, another Texan to talk about from tonight. Uh, He literally, you know, honestly, there was a point where the Texans just looked like they gave up. Like, it looked like, you know what, we're behind. We can't do this anymore. It was really sad. I thought that was kind of a weird thing. It looked like they, they were almost in, like, a preseason game. And even at the end, like, they kneeled down. It looked like they really gave up at a certain point. Um, Kareem Hunt we talked about. Trey White, very team-friendly deal, right? Very, really, uh, you know, it, it, it. and part of it was, I think it was like a $17 million a year deal, but it's, you know, when you also add in the next two years on the rookie deal, it was very, like, it's very team-friendly. So... A good deal for the Bills. I think it's a great idea if you're going to extend your own players. You know, I, you know I'm a big fan of that. Um, it kind of does – some of this gives you an idea of what's going to happen with J, uh, with uh, uh, J, uh, Jamal Adams because, you know, they just spent two first-round picks. Eventually, this guy's going to get the same kind of an extension that Jalen Ramsey and Laramie Tunsell did. That's what happens when you – because they you now just gave them so much leverage because if they walk – you spent two first-round picks for no reason. So uh, Joe Mixon, right, running back for the, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, he just got an extension, $12 million a year. Uh, his contract looks relatively reasonable. I think that's actually not a bad payment to, to make to the guy. Uh, I know it's hard figuring out how much you should pay running backs if there's an amount. Like, obviously, the Kareem Hunt deal is a, a little different of a story. He had you know kind of an off-the-field thing a while back. Uh, he also grew up in Cleveland, so Kareem Hunt wanted to stick around for the next couple of years and hopefully bring a championship to Cleveland. It's like a, that dream of like playing for your hometown team. Uh, Joe Mixon, not a hometown guy, but still very good dude, uh, a very good player. Uh, right now, there's also talks about Alvin Kamara potentially getting an extension. It hasn't happened yet, so we'll see what happens with that. Um it will probably be in between the Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon range is what I've been hearing. Uh, the question comes down to is there is there value in, in extending these running backs and paying these running backs? And I think when they add enough in the pass catching game, there is. To an extent now it depends on how loaded these contracts are. Like we saw with David Johnson too, right? David Johnson was a good pass catcher, a good running back, but he got injured. You know, part of that's just injury. Um Todd Gurley's the same thing, but this could happen with a lot of players. I think, really, it's the val- evaluation of the the position, what they are in your offense. Like, Alvin Kamara is, like, a slot receiver, option back, also running back for that offense for the Saints. Joe Mixon, I mean, Joe Mixon makes that offensive line look better. He really, like, he does things that he's met in the backfield, and he just does things that, you know, honestly... Him and Melvin Gordon, I think, are underrated for that regard, is that they had bad offensive lines to begin begin their career, and they made them look... Like, they did better with that. Like, they, they managed to still just find ways of getting into space and get moving and break tackles, and this is why I always think Melvin Gordon's a little underrated. I always, I've always i always liked him as a player. So, those were all the big contracts, right? Um, I... And uh, I'll talk a little bit about this weekend. Uh, it's a big weekend. It's the first season, you know, first uh, time back. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the fans being in the stadium for the Chiefs on uh, again, like face off of face. mirror. we talked about that a little bit. There's going to be uh, there were fans in the stands for the Chiefs game. There's maybe one a couple of other games where they will have fans. I think Jacksonville's going to have fans there. Um, going forward, they're looking into letting fans be in the stadiums in the next few weeks. So we're seeing what's going to happen here with these kind of test cases, if you will. Uh, let's see how it goes. Uh, I think they want the money from the people being in the sense. Apparently, though, uh, one of the big issues was that there wasn't – they were actually – like, they still had 1,000 tickets available to go to the Kansas City Chiefs game tonight. So uh, part of it is people probably don't want to have to go or they probably don't know they can get the tickets. Apparently, they were being sold under, under market value at some point. So – uh, very interesting thing to keep uh, uh, apprised of as far as the fans going into the stands kind of deal. Uh, also on Thursdays, um, I might start doing it myself as well. Like I'll preview all the games for everybody. Uh, on Thursdays, though, at six o'clock on Face Off with Face Mirror, I'll post it on the draft vice. I'll post it everywhere. Um, we will be doing picks for the games and what, who we think is going to be winning the 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 games between all of us. Very good for like if you're a pick 'em kind of person. So, you can tune into that. I'm going to preview some of the games. I might do another... uh, I'll do another episode. I'm going to release on Saturday. Next week, it'll be on Fridays. But I'll release a Saturday episode talking about the preview to the games this coming week. And, uh, yeah. So, I'll I'll do a breakdown of each of those games as we go into them. Maybe the fantasy implications as well. And since, you know, I mentioned we talk a little bit about fantasy, uh, there's a... uh, You know, I... So, everybody's done their draft at this point, right? Like, now we're past the day one game. Um, and you, and I've posted videos on this. Follow the TikTok, follow the YouTube. The YouTube's the biggest thing. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube and also the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But I talked about some players that people might want to go out and grab, right? Um, for fantasy, if you felt like you didn't get enough of a particular position, specifically receiver and running back, tight end and quarterback, there's usually depth everywhere. um, And you could stream guys and it depends on the depth in your league. It depends on the type of league you're in, but in a standard 12 team PPR league, you know, here's a few guys that you might want to look into. um, You know, I, a couple of running backs right off the bat. I, I did the video on it. Yeah. Yesterday. Uh, so I'll briefly touch on them. Uh, the, the big one is James Robinson, right? Jacksonville Jaguars. He's number one on the depth chart. He's, uh, I watched a little bit of his tape. I did not watch him a lot coming out. I did not watch any of him coming into the draft because I didn't even hear of this guy. Um, you, uh, so he's coming in. He's going to be, uh, potentially, I hear the starter Devin Azigbo, uh, is on IR, uh, Rockwell is on the COVID list, uh, Rockwell Armistead, and also we know that Leonard Fournette is not on the team anymore. Uh, so really it leaves, you know, Chris Thompson and and our, our boy James Robinson. They are there, so uh, I looked a little bit at the tape. He kind of reminds me of like a, like a lanky Chris Carson um, or a, like a slightly slower carry-on Johnson. Uh, like if you just reduce carry on Johnson's speed by fifteen to twenty percent, that's what it kinda he kinda reminds me of. So I uh I, I don't think he's gonna be bad. Apparently, you know, they're saying he he's picked up the offense really well. He was part of the decision to let go of Leonard Fournette. if this is the case, I mean yes, they also signed Darren Orgobawale Darren Ogobawale, the former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but he's also more of a special teams guy, a third down role kind of guy. So he pretty much plays the same role as Chris Thompson anyway. Chris Thompson never stays healthy regardless. So we'll see what happens with those guys. I think, you know, if you're going to try and jump on a guy early, get get James Robinson, we'll see what happens. Not exactly the fastest dude in the world, but, you know, like you don't have to necessarily be fast to be a good running back. Uh, another couple of guys I, I feel like I got like kind of forgotten about. Jarek McKinnon of the San Francisco 49ers, right, signed to a contract a couple years ago, tore his ACL, then wasn't healthy last year. Uh, usually it takes, you know, some guys, if they don't come back right away, it takes almost a year and a half to kind of come back from the ACL. You know, not 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 everybody comes back in 11 months from the ACL. We got used to this from watching, you know, Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson, but then Jamal Charles tours ACL again. So we've gotten used to seeing these guys bounce back from these these hard injuries. Uh, so I, I think Jarek McKinnon might be the most interesting back in the San Francisco 49ers backfield because we don't know what he is right now still. I know what Mostert is. Um, and listen, he's a, he's the fa- – you know, he got two fast running backs who – I think Mostert's probably better than Tevin Coleman to an extent. Um, it I don't think it's going to be easy to figure out who's leading that backfield. Right now it's a three-headed monster until we get clarity on that situation. I say just kind of you know take the the cheapest guy you can get, and right now Jarek McKinnon is free, so free is very good. Then I also uh, brought up Jamal Williams. He's a guy who people might be interested in grabbing because you know Green Bay running back. I don't think AJ Dillon gets a lot of play this year. You know he was drafted as a you know he's a rookie coming in with you know no camp, second round pick, so high pedigree, but you're going to waste the the life on the guys you have now, you know, especially because Jamal Williams is a very good pass blocker. So, you know, maybe you'll see a, a little bit coming out of him this year uh, in the off season. You know, after coming off this offseason, you, you know, you'll see the usage. Maybe it was, it'll be similar to the Aaron Jones situation. So if you need like a low end RB2, RB3 kind of guy, Jamal Williams might be the guy to grab because listen, if you know, Aaron Jones goes down with an injury, now you have a partial starter you know, or a potential starter for you know your season, and also again, like he played enough snaps last year where he was at least semi-productive. Uh, a couple of other names to drop: uh, Joshua Kelly at of UCLA. Uh, I actually did look at his tape for the draft. I thought he was an interesting player coming out in the draft. Uh, I'll pull. Up. I-, I did copy my notes onto this so I could look at it. Weirdly good, f- a weirdly built frame. Not not a very good pass blocker. Uh he has good enough speed to be in the NFL and uh, there was a couple of uh a couple of good runs there. He looks like he's a better outside zone runner. If if he gets it blocked up really well, uh he he can probably be very useful. Um I can't tell if he has problems running on the interior or if it was the interior of the offensive line sometimes I'm not getting pushed, keep in mind I'm not watching, you know, all 22s all the time for some of these guys, so it's sometimes hard to gauge. What you're you know I, I do think he has very solid vision he can plant his foot and go um, these are all notes from the spring so keep in mind we're talking about me from three months ago writing all this uh, he also makes a handful of catches out of the backfield it feels like all the chargers running backs can so Joshua Kelly currently on the LA Chargers out of UCLA he might be a solid guy to pick up um solid athleticism uh, athleticism. Uh, and he does have some long speed, so he can break one free. He might be, again, like it feels like there. He's also the biggest back out of the three. So if you go ahead and grab him, you know you might have an opportunity there. Uh, outside of him. Are there any other ones? Bryce Love, you can maybe take a flyer on. J.D. McKissick, you know, uh, weird because it was like, oh, he's the top of the depth chart, but I don't think it means much. It sounds like everybody's saying Antonio Gibson's the starter there, even though J.D. McKissick got the the top billing on the the depth chart. I don't know if there's much to believe with that. Uh, He's been more of a pass catching back anyway. So if Washington was really using him like that, I don't know if I, I really believe it until I see it. But you know, speculative ads, deep leagues. Go ahead and take a throw, uh, you know, a dart throw on it. Uh, Bryce Love's still kind of rehabbing from that ACL tear, but he, you know, he should be coming back soon. Probably be getting up to speed soon. He's an interesting one. He was fast when he was in college. He was a good one. You know, I felt like he should have came out the year that he did have that good year, and he basically established why running back should declare as soon as they become eligible. But listen, I'm not going to go ahead and try to litigate his decisions. That's his choice. Um, so those are some running backs. Solid guys. Uh, none of them are going to blow you away. Maybe James Robinson gets to get some real push from that offensive line and becomes a solid starter for you. Uh, probably like a, an RB2. I don't see him being like that game-breaking RB1 kind of guy. I think he will probably be somebody's RB2 you know if you uh, you went wide receiver heavy and you you kind of screwed up your running back picks or whatever you did maybe you didn't know RB strategy um not not i rabbi but still so again that's probably the highest you know of those guys Robinson's probably the biggest one i'd probably take my flyer on if chris thompson's available in your league definitely go for chris thompson totally think that's a good idea so uh Let's go receiver real quick. Um, few different, a couple of different guys. I also did a video on this. Um, I did talk about uh, Marquise Valdez Scantling, receiver for the Green Bay Packers. He's kind of you know very athletic, tall. Like they want him to be, you know, very good long speed. They want him to be something, right? They they really do believe in this guy. That you know, and if his route running gets a little bit better, he probably can be. If there's a little bit of trust, if if Rodgers manages to get trust with him. You know, now in his third year, if he really understands the playbook now. Keep in mind, last year was his first year with the playbook. So maybe you don't always know exactly like the 18, you know, how to run your route. Maybe you're running at 20 yards. We're supposed to be 18 yards. And it does sound like he's kind of at least getting the the playbook down a little bit better. Now in his second year in LaFleur's offense, uh, I do think they have a plan for him. I do think they want him to be something. Uh, another guy who's another post hype sleeper kind of guy is Corey Davis. You know he had you know constantly he's almost kind of like uh, you know the 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 new Devontae Parker where you just think it's going to be every year where he's going to pop and he just doesn't. And guess what? He is Devonte Parker's old quarterback. Not a good thing, but we will see. Maybe he does have his breakout season this year. Uh, you know we saw it. It was on tape. He's had good games. He's had good seasons. He's had good moments in seasons. Um, he will take your lunch from you. He is a solid receiver as far as, like, at least from, he's had moments of being a solid receiver. But we don't know necessarily going forward what he's going to be for fantasy. But I think it's a guy who, like, again, top 10 pick in the NFL draft. I think he's a flyer. I think he's, he's I think, a starter on his own team. So if that's the, the case, he ends up, you know, being good. If he's as good as he could be, a really good hit so maybe check in on him a couple of other dudes josh reynolds receiver on the la rams or the la, la rams if you know how it's called la rams la ramza uh, yeah so uh outside receiver kind of replacing brandon cooks uh, as the the as the deep ball guy uh, different body, different build, much taller and lankier, good speed, good deep speed. He's going to get the, you know, the deep balls here and there. And it won't ma- you know it don't, it doesn't matter if you've heard the 12 personnel versus 11 personnel thing. If they were moving more towards 12 personnel, I think he's still going to be on the field. I think Cooper Cup's going to be the one who's going to sacrifice on that. Um, after Josh Reynolds, I also thought about LaVisca Chenault, a wide receiver out of Jacksonville. He, you know, the rookie wide receiver, but he, you know, he kind of has some Sammy Watkins to his game. So, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, we hear about him, you know, really coming forth replacing where D Westbrook is on the on the depth chart. Uh he he run, he runs like a running back. So, I want to see him utilize. I want to see what they can get out of him. He had an injury issue. That's why he kind of fell to the second round this year in the draft. Um uh, so I, I like him uh, Who else? Brian Edwards, another guy uh, Outside receiver, you know, you probably were hearing About uh, Henry Ruggs uh, And his draft stock, and he probably Went in your league, but Brian Edwards might be Available, solid uh, You know, We'll see what he's going to do as a rookie But again, Tyro Williams isn't there They need somebody to replace him, he's probably going to play the, the X in that offense The split end um, I don't know if that means he can actually do it I don't know if that means he'll be effective at it Uh, Hunter Renfro, second year guy, uh, might be available in your league. Kind of a slot guy, kind of a Cole Beasley type. But, you know, considering uh, Derek Carr's become a little bit of a check down Charlie over the years, he might be able to get you at, at least a floor as far as your receiving goes. Paris Campbell I didn't even talk with this guy in the video because I really didn't feel like it was needed but you know not for nothing this guy was a little electric when he was at college like you know he was getting a lot of the crossing routes the slot routes you know if they utilize him like that with the Colts I could see there being potential for him to kind of blow up being the other receiver outside of T.Y. Hilton you know also they drafted Michael Pittman but like there's you know he there's some draft value you know draft stock invested into him uh And that's kind of most of my list for right now for these guys uh, as far as receiver goes. You you know, you missed out on tight end. Maybe go ahead and grab Greg Olson if he's available in your league. Uh, Jack Doyle, you know, they're playing the Jags. You know, the Colts are playing the Jags. Uh, There's a lot of reports of Phillip Rivers targeting the tight ends. You know, his arms not as what it used to be. So maybe he's going to focus on Jack Doyle and Trey Burton and the running backs. And keep in mind, Trey Burton might not even be playing. So... You might get some real value out of a Jack Doyle pickup and playing him the first week, even if you're just streaming him the first week. Uh, like I said before, Greg Olson. Greg Olson's probably going to be the third target in that offense. You know, he's, he's he could be that kind of like guy you drafted the last round or gotten free agency and he ends up actually performing for you as a, as a tight end. That's kind of a rarity. Uh, Dallas Goddard might be available in some leagues. I actually think that would be a good pickup for a lot of people. Uh, He's just going to get you a floor, he's not going to get you a ceiling, so just keep in mind with that. But, and then outside of that, I listen, fantasy's here. Football is here. We, we have football, it tastes so good, it's right there. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to leave you with what I've just discussed with you. Uh, tune into the podcast. You can find the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink you drink. When you're out at parties, sometimes it gets spiked. Don't spike punch and don't spike drinks. Let people kind of do it on their own. But regardless, um, and you can follow uh, me. You know, you can, uh, Now follow, like, subscribe, the videos. You know, Go to the YouTube Subscribe to the videos, subscribe to the podcast, and I'm gonna release a Saturday episode. I'm gonna, you know, it might not get a lot of listens, but I'm gonna release a Saturday episode this week, and then starting next week, I will promise to actually do daily freaking episodes, even if it kills me. So yes, we are here. Football is here. I love it. We are almost. It's here. And tune in next time. For when I try to take over the world using my yeah, right morning I pretty dangerous I